welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as JepDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. Well, it is pre-season game time and social media lights up and then just comments go flying about people going to the centre bounces. But you know what? The thing that I, I I can't understand that people can't grasp already is that when, when teams play intra-club matches... There are eight midfielders needed. Exactly. So basically we've got a good grasp on our midfielders and where the, the high numbers, this is what we're interested in, the high numbers of centre bounces are going to go. So, yeah, the, there are breadcrumbs out there for the new players. There are breadcrumbs out there for players who change teams. But really, already at this time of year, we know where the high centre bounces are going to go. That's what people need to understand when watching pre-season games, intra-club games, once we get into match practice against other teams, which we're going to start next week, we're going to get a fair grasp of where coaches see their players. What do you think about all that, Jep? No, spot on. Look, it's all hype and innuendo at the moment. We, look, we're going to get our best look during the pracky games and the, and the pre-season round. So, yeah, a little bit of patience, but at least we've all got our watch list set. Absolutely. All right. We're going to get into this podcast. So this is a listener request. So we've got a stack of those. Uh, it's going to be pretty lengthy podcast. So we'll try and zip this as quickly as possible. So as always, make necessary adjustments when, when news comes to hand. Uh, that is so, so important. And it's going to be uh, pretty important this year as well. Uh, and of course, the news is being crunched out for your pleasure on AFL Ratings Network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. We are talking AFL Fantasy Season Long. That is the classic mode. Uh, and again, this is the listener request. So, Jepper, let's get into it. Will Phillips. So, this is his second preseason. He's looking through the midfield type of role. Now, question marks whether he could be part of a sub-rotation early on. You know, I think he's had a pretty decent preseason. Uh, he needed to work on a few things over preseason as well, which it looks like he has done. Uh, for me, he's not going to be in the top three for centre bounces. Uh, the Kangaroos midfield is actually pretty stacked for me. Uh, it's going to be Jai Simkin and Taron Thomas at the top. You've got David Uniaki there as well. Don't forget you've got Greenwood coming in there as well. Tom Powell, who's a pretty decent scorer as well. And then where's Will Phillips going to be sitting in? So you just really got to take that into consideration. Now, he struggled to score last year. Um, so that's something you've got to keep in mind. Now, his price is actually really good, but really you've got to keep in mind where's he going to sit in that centre bounce, how much midfield he's going to see. Now, looking at these pre-season games, Jep, what is going to be interesting to see is is where does uh, the Kangaroos coaching staff see Will Phillips, and if it's pretty high in that midfield early, I kind of like it, but I'm not too sure he's going to get there in his second pre-season. And what I did see in intra-club practice last week, and that's when I went down to have a look at uh, the Kangaroos, is that he was doing that negating type role. So this was where he wasn't looking for the ball first, he was looking for his opponent first. And, and that's really important to look at. So what type of, of a player is he going to be? Is he going to be an accumulator? Not sure. So really keep that in mind. All right, Jet, your thoughts on Will Phillips? That's a really good insight, Pete. I actually had no idea he's... Um He's sort of that negating role. So let's keep an eye on that in pre-season. And if it doesn't look like he's going to be the accumulator we're probably more hopeful on, then, um, yeah, it's an avoid because there's a quite a few around that price um, in the forward line. So I'm on the fence here. And, again, once we look at Kangaroos up against opposition teams, you know, we'll get a good look at where the Kangaroos coaching staff see Phillips. Now, if he, he scores quite well, well, then my comments don't really hold any uh, much weight. So, But you know what? We've got uh, Jai Simpkin, Taron Thomas in there. Uh, I think they're going to be the offers in that midfield. And Davies Uniaki looks quite good. But, yeah, Taron Thomas, man. Oh, oh, look out for him. Anyway, so that's Phillips done. Now, let's get on to Matt Rail. He's going to be a bit of a decision for many fantasy coaches heading into round one. Now, the one thing we since we last chatted on our podcast, Jep, is that... I had a bit of a think about it. I wasn't sure on Rao because of his scoring output late in the year. But really, after a few days, I really started to think about it. Now, he had an injury interrupted uh, season last year. 
Now, the middle of the season, that's when he started uh, to attend centre bounces, and that's really important for us. Now, listening to where uh, they think Matt Rail is at is in a really good space fitness-wise. So when you think about this, when he returned from injury mid-last year, he's pretty much on a seven- to eight-month pre-season. So I think that back at the end of the season, even though the scores weren't there, that was really good for his fitness. Don't forget, we are big on players completing a pre-season and uninterrupted from an injury perspective. Now, he in the early part of last year, he was injury-interrupted. So I think it was a pre-season last year, and you know what? He's done another pre-season now. The one thing that we need to take into consideration with Railjet is the question I'm asking you right now, yes or no, is he going to be big in no centre bounces for the Gold Coast? I think he is, absolutely. Right. But... So so importantly, really, really need to acknowledge that. So we, we're looking for opportunities. Now, his price tag is quite good at round one. So we look for opportunities. This guy is going to be in at centre bounces, and I think at a pretty high rate. Now, at his age, I think he's ready to go. We haven't seen the best of him. Now, his scoring was pretty average last year, I do admit that. But the more I thought about it a couple of weeks ago, since we last chatted, you know what? He's got every box ticked right now. All we need to see is some scoring. Your thoughts, Chip? Yeah, and that's that's my note, um, is if... It remains to be seen if he can spread from the contest and, and the stoppages. So if he proves that over the next few weeks, then we're all in. You have to be because of the opportunity and the role he's got. He's just got to prove to us that he can get it on the outside and run hard, which he didn't do um, all the last year. Mm. So I'm just going to finish off on rail here. Uh, to be fair with all my comments there, and, and they're all good, um, he still does not sit in my team. So structurally, it's really he's a really uh, important uh, player in my structure. So if I'm adding another midfielder in there at that price, you know it's gonna it's gonna mess around with my team quite a lot. So at the moment, I do not have him in my team. So just to be fair, my comments are really good. But I still do not have him in my team. If I see some pretty decent scoring, I think I'm going to make the change. Jeb, do you have him in your team, yes or no, at this stage? No, no, not at this stage, but it could change too. Okay, Sam Draper. Now, he's at the right age where he's going to start to explode as a ruck for the Bombers. Now, 23 years of age, Jeb. He's a clear number one ruck at the Bombers. I like it, and he's actually a little bit of value. What are you thinking there? Yeah, I like it too. I think... um any mid-price ruck is a risk, and, and when you're spending 500k or low 500k's, you really want to see an 80 plus from him, 85 even, and I don't think he's going to do that, so I'm mm. avoiding him. Okay, Willie Rioli. Obviously, you're an Eagle supporter, Jeff, so you'll have a little bit more knowledge than what I do. But for me, what I want to see, he needs to be 100% fit at round one and ready to go. There is upside in his scoring, that's for sure. I think there is value there, Jeff. Your thoughts? Yeah, big question marks over his fitness, um, and he's got a lot of work to do to get to round one. Oh, I don't think he's going to get there. Okay, Tristan Cherry. So, you know, where does he fit in that Kangaroos team? So mm. when I was down at uh, Kangaroos again, is that uh, Callum Coleman-Jones was there. Larky, my God, this guy is so powerful and dominant. I mean... I think he's just taking his game to a new level. Like, I'm really see, excited to see where he goes for the Kangaroos uh, this year. And I think Kangaroos fans are going to be super excited once they start to get a look at Lucky because, man, he's I reckon he's almost a, a, a clear top-line key forward position type player. So when you factor that in, you've got your two you know, forwards there. Coleman Jones is potentially going to that ruck. And, you know, with the coaching staff do want to play that dual ruck set up at the Kangaroos this year. So Goldstein is going to go forward and he's going to split that ruck so you got Cherry there as well, and Commons in in the mix as well. So uh, going back to Cherry, you know where does he actually fit in? Uh, how many tools the Kangaroos do want to play? Preseason games are going to be a very good indicator to where Cherry sits in that team and whether he's a chance for us this year. Yeah, I don't think he will be, just because of the, the competition around him. So it's an avoid. Tom Powell, our next player, Jet. I'm really high on what Tom Powell can do this yeah. year. We know his junior numbers were elite. They were at staggering, yeah? Right. Yeah. So, uh, again, look, you know, it's only one preseason game that I've seen the Kangaroos play, but I think he's just in that in that prime zone and at his age in a second preseason done that he can explode with his scoring. So, you know, 20, 21 years of age, I'm not too sure exactly what he is, but he, I think he's going to be in that midfield at a pretty decent rate. Obviously, unfortunately, Ben Cunnington is sidelined for what looks to be pretty much the entire year. Hopefully he gets back to full health. 
uh, from his perspective, but let's talk about fantasy. As it, you know, we've got Taron Thomas in there, you've got Jai Simpkin in there, you've got Luke David Uniak in there, you've got a few, mix of a few other players, yeah, off throw Phillips in there for, for a few centre bounces there as well. You've got Horn Francis who's going to come in there as well as number one draft pick. They're going to give Horn Francis some uh, centre bounce opportunities, but you know what? I think the player that we need to look at from the Kangaroos is Tom Powell. So for me, again, second preseason should feature in that midfield at a high rate, and he can score what we know. And I think even at that price tag, he is very... What do you think in there, Jeff? I don't think he is. I think... Look, I really like him, and, and I, he, there's definite upside, and he's going to improve on his average, no doubt. But I, I think even being a second-year player, he's still going to have his time managed. And, look, with all the competition he has for, for midfield spots and, and role, if, if it's a bit here, a bit there... Um, yeah, in the guts for North, I'm not keen. Okay, James Robottom. So he's currently sidelined with a hand injury. So uh, pretty much an avoid now until he's fully recovered. But with opportunity, he can score in that midfield for the Swans. Jep, he's not an option for us now at round one, but down the track, potentially. What are you thinking? Yeah, potentially. I just, like, if he's going to play that tagger role again, then the scoring probably won't be there, that's all. And for his starting price, it's not a good get. Taylor Adams, our next player here. So he's got actually a pretty poor injury history, Jeb. I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, the other thing is uh, the Magpies do want to play with quicker ball movement this year. So don't don't really want to hang on to that ball across half-back or through that midfield. So that probably takes about, you know, three or four or five points off Adams, potentially, you know, arguably. Um, so for me, with his his, injury history, the Magpies want to move the ball quicker. Um, pretty much I'm out on Taylor Adams, Jeb. Thoughts? Yeah, look, I think he's got the keys to the midfield. Um, and there's not, and probably Lipinski I'd have at number two. So, yeah, it's it's typically with soft tissue that he's done in the past, and he, he that that's the reoccurring risk. Um, so I really like him. If he didn't have the round 14 by, I don't. I think I'd sorry consider him higher. Well, the positive for Adams, he's going to be number one at our centre bounces, I would presume. Yeah. And he's going to be number no one. Yeah, he's going to be number one at our centre bounces at a high rate. And that's not just at Collingwood; that's across the board every AFL team. I'd expect, I'd expect him to be in that mid to mid 80s percent, which is really, really high. So, you know, choose your poison. You know, if you want to go down that track, there's nothing wrong. I don't see anything wrong with it. But, you know, it might be a couple of points shaved off with the ball movement and obviously a little bit of uh, risk you need to factor in there as well. Okay, back onto the Kangaroos, Jai Simpkin. Um, I think Taron Thomas is the alpha this year, but, uh, man, Jai Simpkin does have a pretty decent ceiling of what we've seen. High centre bounce usage, Jeb, no doubt about that, no question. And he has big ceiling games in the right conditions. Your thoughts there? Yeah, look, I'm really big on Simkin. I'm just a bit worried that now he's the first tag at North Melbourne. Maybe Terence Thomas is, yeah. So I, I try to pick the second-tier midfielders, and that meaning the, the players at the clubs that avoid the tag because they got jets around them. So, yeah, probably won't start with Jai, but I can see why a lot will. And back onto the Kangaroos mix there again, Charlie Compton. So obviously we talked about that tall mix. Won't go over that again, but he's definitely on the radar. Uh, but yeah, you've got to take into consider- consideration the tools at the Kangaroos and weigh up where he sits throughout preseason games. Jeff's thoughts? Yeah, look, he's cheap enough. It's just the scoring ceiling and and w- what his role is. So it's a wait and see. Gold Coast, Noah Anderson. So I think his centre bounces are going to be decent this year, Jeb. I'm not yep. too sure about consistent ceiling games and with that type of spin though. So for me, I'm out on Anderson, but I don't mind if people want to go down that track um i think he's going to be okay what we do need to see um is a bit of a little bit of a decent mix with uh rail anderson and also miller in that center bounce group so what are you thinking on anderson there jet yeah I, I really like him i think this is his year um personally and he's got his best mate next to him so there's not a lot of um uh, sorry, the opportunities will be there for Anderson in the centre bounces, like you said. So it's just about him taking the next step, and the next step 
his consistency, and I think he'll do that this year. Scott Pendlebury. So the big move uh, when I was down at training in November at Collingwood was that instantly noticed Pendlebury halfback, and it was halfback all the time. So that move has uh, evolved over pre-season. Obviously, everyone knows that now. You can't hide any news from anyone now in fantasy and on all the fantasy platforms because that news is completely out there. So halfback role, it's still a premium scoring position. Um, I think he's value at that price. So um, at his age, do you want to take into his age uh, if people are thinking that they want to spend up too much on, on how old people are playing uh, AFL? But, you know, he does have his injury history, I guess. And he had his broken leg there in December, which is only a couple of weeks off. So it was a pretty minor fracture. He spoke today in his press, press conference, said he's uh, pretty much okay. So I don't think any concerns there. And you know what? Standing up on that halfback role... For Collingwood, he's going to be the main distributor out of uh, D50, I would imagine, and obviously he's an elite disposal, so they're going to get it into his hands as much as possible. And I think there's pretty good potential here. And the other thing I want to factor in here, Jeff, is that he's going to get uh, defender status pretty quickly, I would imagine. Your thoughts? Yeah, he's for sure he'll be uh, defender status by round six. I think there's no doubt about it from the talk of what his role is going to be. So that makes him tempting, but... I think we just wait till round six and see what happens. Yeah, correct. I think we see, we can see some pretty decent scores. We might want to jump on him uh, at that point of the season. Okay, Cam Rayner. So did his ACL last year, missed the entire season. So he was pretty much ready to go towards the back end of the year. He's recovered really well in full training. Now they're giving him opportunity through uh, the midfield in pre-season. Dane Zorko has not been uh, active. Now he's so long with injury as well as Zorko. So I think he still should be okay for round one. But you know, Zorko's been out. They've wanted to give Bailey uh, some action into that centre bounces uh, and obviously Rayner in there as well. Now, I still think there's a pretty decent forward uh, midfield mix, so I don't think it's high centre bounce usage at this stage. Um, but, you, you know, he's really struggled for his scores previously, so it's just you've got to put a lot of faith in the fact that, you know, he's going to make the most of his opportunities through that midfield. He is valued based on his current uh, starting salary. Uh, but again, how much is he going to increase his scoring output? Um, your thoughts, Joe? Oh, I'm a big no on Rayner. He, he, to me, he's a natural forward that can play stints on the ball. He's not a midfielder that has forward status. So I, he'll definitely have the centre uh, square um, numbers here and there sporadically, but I think he's a match winner for Brisbane forward to centre. Okay, just a few players I'm throwing in the mix here. Obviously, Lockie Neal, Jared Lyons, high centre bounce usage, yeah? Then, yep. then we start to throw in Zorko when he's back in. We start to throw in McCluggage when he's back in. We start to throw in Bailey when he's back in. And I haven't even got to Rayna yet, have, have I? So, you know... Yeah, exactly. What, what sort of, you know, is he get, if he's at number five, you know, we're only talking about 30% centre bounces, and that might be his best. So, you know, what he's going to spend time forward. If it's half forward, it's maybe it's okay, but that's a pretty much volatile scoring position as well. I'm like you, Jep. I'm out at this stage. But, you know, we'll wait and see what his pre-season numbers are and see how he goes. But really, if Zorko is not playing in those pre-season games, you really need to factor in Zorko coming back in at this stage. Um, and Hugh McCluggage, I listened to his interview, uh, I believe it was yesterday, the day before, whenever that was, and that pretty much said that he, he pretty much said that he wants to go in and around the ball. So, you know, he might see a bit of a spike in centre bounce usage. But think back to Rayner, you know, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near that top three at Brisbane. All right, let's move on. Okay, Ryan Bird, St Kilda. Definitely one on the radar for me here, especially on his specific role. Uh, does he have the flexibility of mid forward? Yes, he does. So, But he's in an awkward price there, Jeff. Your thoughts? Yeah, definitely at the awkward price. I think we can spend our money better and. Heaney's not that much more expensive, is he? Exactly. Caleb Sarong, so high centre bounce usage. That's a big tick there for me. I think there's potential scoring upside there. Uh, what are you thinking there, Jeff? I don't mind him. But uh, we spoke in our podcast uh, to kick off the season. Um, anyone over 300,000 for West Coast and Fremantle, I'm just a flat out no. Your thoughts? Yeah, so look, oh, I think there's definite upside with Sarong. He's going to exceed his average from last year no doubt it's just um another one of these mids with around 14 by that i just can't fit in you know it's it becomes almost an impossible task so neil and mitchell are are ahead for me and and that's basically my reasoning 
Okay, Justin McInerney. So he's going to come off half-pack, it appears, Jeb, at the moment. So they're going to use his speed off half-pack and break lines. Now, when you think about that, and if they're going to put him at half-back, that means that the Swans, again, want to move that ball across half-back. Now, when we relate that to Jake Lloyd, you know, mm-hmm. and we know Lloyd's that position kick mark across half-back or whatever, you know, you're throwing McInerney, McInerney back there for speed, you know, that sort of impacts Lloyd there as well. So really keep that in mind for Lloyd. Uh, now, for McInerney, I think there's definite upside, but, you know, if he's using his speed, he's not getting that chip mark, chip mark type of game. So it's just it's just run and spread and kick the ball. You're only getting three points for that. Um, so the scores may be volatile. Your thoughts? Yeah, again, it's that awkward price, though, uh, 583. So it, it's too much of a punt. I'd avoid him, bud. But, yeah, look, interesting how it affects Lloyd and, and what the style of Sydney actually played this year. Well, they changed the game style, uh, as we know, last year. So that yep. did impact Lloyd. That was, you know, took you know a few points off his uh, ceiling. He didn't even crack a 120-point game, I believe, last year. So, you know, that's what we need from the defenders. And if it's not there, you know, obviously you've got to keep that in mind. And, and again, it's to the mindset of where the Swans want to go. It's the fast ball movement again this year. Okay, let's go on to Dylan Stevens. Pretty good preseason. I'm hearing a lot of good things coming out of the Swans about Dylan Stevens. Nearly every interview I'm listening to, watching, whatever. Uh, Dylan Stevens, strong preseason. Okay, opportunity does wait. That's a ticket there as well. But it's an awkward price there, Jeff, again. Yeah, exactly. So, look, let's see what he does in the preseason. But generally, after last year, I had too many outside mids in my team. And, and Dylan Stevens, another outside mid. I'm, I'm trying to stick to the insiders this year. Jordan Clark obviously switched over from Geelong to Fremantle last year in the, in the trade period. So he's going to come off half back and he's going to be roaming up the wing. I think he can rack up the numbers. And But, you know, that's one of these players that, that uses their speed. So if they get the ball on a handball, they're running away and kicking it. You're only getting three points there. What we need is a slower type ball movement, especially for players coming off half back, to get, you know, the plus six and then potentially get another repeat plus six because you're only kicking it 20 metres away. So if he's running out and dashing off half back to use his speed, Scores may be volatile. I don't mind it. I want to look at to where he sits in, but you know, I'm going back to my West Coast and Fremantle. I'm a straight no for anyone over 300k. Jeff. Yeah, it's a no from me too. Let's wait till he gets defender status because he's currently mid only. Yep, Connor Nash, Hawks. Centre bounces were high last season. Now, the Hawks midfield is going to be really interesting. Now, Jet, you've got Mitchell there. You've got Newcomb there, who I'm really big on this preseason. He's coming up next in our uh, discussion here. Uh, we've got O'Meara there. Got Ward, who's coming in there as a top 10 pick, and I'm really big on Ward early in the season there as well. And then we've got a, you know three or four or five other players that go into that mix. So another one of those players potentially is Conor Nash. So your thoughts on him uh, based on his price, and what are you thinking there? No, I've worked for fantasy. There's t- there's too many potentials, and I if I'm a Betting man, I'd say Mitchell will play the kids ahead of him anyway. Yeah, next player, as I just mentioned there, John Newcomb. Jeb, I'm really, really strong on Newcomb this year. Yeah. I think he's going to get really strong centre bounce numbers. He's had a very strong preseason. I think there's a big midfield role coming in, and I think he's at value. So, you know, if we don't see those real numbers, you know, can we jump onto a Newcomb? Sorry for those who are listening that are big on Newcomb already, that I'm spoiling your party there. But I'm really, really bullish on what you can can do, Jeb. No, I agree. I think um, what he proved in his debut game last year, um, you know, with a higher fitness base, and and, and from what we see uh, and the reporting at the moment is he's flying. So, mm. no, very much um, going to have the centre bounce usage again. So let's um, put him on the watch list for sure and um, make a decision just prior to round one. Yeah, I was up there in the Hawks there a couple of weeks ago and watched him and then obviously uh, watching a lot of drills and obviously some matches him as well and then I wanted to use him at every opportunity in that centre bounce and that was the first group centre bounce mix. So really sort of hit me home that, you know, that he's in for a big role. But there's a there's a bunch of, a handful of midfielders to come in there as well and it's not going to be three players, you know, they could go six or seven deep, eight, maybe even eight deep through those centre bounces. But I th- still think at this stage, Mitchell high centre bounce usage 
O'Meara high. And you know what? I think Newcomb comes pretty much could come in at number three, Jet, which would be pretty big, and that means he's going to go wow. up. So, which means it's going to go up from his where his starting price is. So, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. And, you know, if, obviously, if his scores are pretty high in that preseason game, you know, that I might make the decision there to go with Newcomb at round one. All right, next player, Jeb, I do not have in my team, but every single interview I've listened to, watched, and just any information I have consumed, this player's name has come up when we're talking about Adelaide, and he is smashing preseason. I'd, like, I've just... I'll put out a little bit of content, and I've just gone, that's enough. Everyone knows he's doing well. So it's it's Jordan Dawson. So he's coming into that team. It, you know, he's going to be uh, playing, interestingly, you know, a bit of inside there as well, midfield, and a bit of outside. So uh, he's had a very strong preseason. Again, inside midfield, outside midfield, and I think he's even value at that price, Jeff. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he was one of the top-ranked players at his position, obviously, in that defender starting zone for fantasy for the year. So I think there's monster value on what he can do. Your thoughts? I've had him in pretty much most of pre-season. Mm. And the thing that I haven't heard much talk about is, from a fantasy perspective, is Adelaide Oval, much faster than, than the SCG. So he's going to get a yeah. lot of plus sixes. And yeah. if Seedsman can... Average over 90, well, so can Dawson, and Dawson can do better. So I see him as a top six defender. So last year we did see a couple of monster ceiling games from him at Sydney as well, you know. So yeah. he knows how to rack him up. But, you know, when we're talking about, you know, do you want Laird in your team? Do you want Crouch in your team? You know, obviously uh, Rochelle is there as well. And you know, how many crows do you want in that team? I think the Crows are building quite nicely. I think they've got a pretty strong group at the moment. And you know what? And Cheryl Berg's in that mix as well. Um, yep. That midfield is actually pretty solid at the moment. I think he's going to feature quite heavily, Jeb, uh, through the middle of the ground. I really like his role. You've got him in your team. Currently, I do not. So, which is quite interesting how I set up my team. But I currently, I do not. But... I think, I think uh, once uh, pre-season games are done and the Amy Community Series is done, that I might be overwhelmed and make that move. All right, Jeff, next one we're going to go into is Jai Caldwell. Bombers had their intro club there, there today and obviously reports coming out of the Bombers that he did quite well. Again, keep in mind how many midfielders are needed. Uh, but yes. I, still, I still think his centre-bounce usage is going to be pretty solid now. What we do know is Andrew McGarr is potentially going to come off a half-back, and I think he's going to be played through the midfield still a little bit. But, you know, if you know, with so many mids in that in that Bombers team, I think, you know, McGrath's one to be potentially put out. Now, Caldwell comes in. Obviously, we didn't see much of him last year because of his injuries. I think he can score. His salary is actually at a pretty good price. I think he's value. But, you know, when we're talking about Newcomb around that same price, we've got Real there around about that same price. You know, who are you taking? Are you pretty much the question I want to ask you right here right now? Is it is it one of three? Is it two of three? Is it three of three? What do you think, Anidja? Oh, look, it depends on structure. And I try to have the key primos as in the keepers for the whole year. I don't think Caldwell is going to be a key for the whole year, obviously, and um, and neither the, the, like Newcomb and the others you mentioned. So for me, on that reason, it's only one, and I would have Caldwell ahead of them all. Okay. All right, next one, Collingwood. Pat Lipinski coming over from the Bulldogs. Obviously, uh, not many opportunities there, Bulldogs, but he is quality. He is he's yes. pretty much a rating pretty highly there. He's going to be using that Magpies midfield at a high rate, Jep. Is that a like? Is that a super preseason? I agree. Um, so the times I've gone down to preseason training, that he's looked fine in that midfield, uh, accumulating pretty much okay, I would think. Now his price tag is actually pretty healthy there, Jep. So I think he's pretty good value. Uh, pretty strong on Lipinski to start at round one, Jep. Your thoughts? Yeah, again, I, I think he's. I agree with everything you said. I think he's got the role. He, he's obviously got the scoring potential. I, I just compare it back to others, and I think Matt Crouch is ahead of him, um, mm. and I'm not willing to have both Crouch and Lipinski on my side the way I've structured up. It's interesting that, that we've got a group there in the mid 400s, thousands, and then we've got you know Lipinski yeah. low sixes, and we've got the, exactly. uh, the high sixes for Crouch, and we've got Cripps there as well, and we've got Yo there as well. Uh, but then, I mean, we haven't even talked primos. I mean, you could, you could potentially take a punt on all of them, but then you've got to, you know, 
got to have those high ceiling top players in your team, Jeff. So, sure. you know, so how many, you know, of all those 600 mids, how many are you thinking in your team at the moment? You know, I'm just looking at my team there and in that 600 to 700 range, I've actually got three. Yeah, well, I've got one. Mm. Um, but then I've got Lockie Neal and, and Simpkin as more value picks mm. um, that I think, you know, are going to be there for me for most of the year. Um, so that's the balance because I've got Steele as well and obviously he comes at a price. So, yeah, look, it, again, it comes down to when you're spending that – well, it comes down to me anyway, Pete, that when you're spending that much money and 600 over, it's because you want them for the whole year. And I just don't see Lipinski pushing the top 10 mids in the whole fantasy comp um, consistently. So I may be proven wrong. He'll be thereabouts. I think he can. De- he would definitely be top 20. Um, but I just I think Matt Crouch and what he's proven and the style of game that he plays, um, and if he can prove his fitness these last couple of pracky games, then um, yeah, I'll be going with Crouch. Okay, next. Player Darcy Tucker, so minor hamstring last week. So for those for those people out there that are looking for players that complete a full preseason and 100% the full preseason, uh, pretty much out now. So it's an interrupted preseason. So and especially you know four weeks out from the start of the season, and hamstrings aren't you know minor or, or major. So minor is like three weeks uh, before we can get in, into any running. Now the other thing for Tucker, Jet is I don't think he's going to be top three centre bounces. So we've got Brayshaw, yep, in. We've got Sarong, yep, in. We've got Fife, yep, in. We've got Mundy, yep, when he's fit, he's in the, in the middle there as well. So I know, even based on Mundy's age, he's still in that midfield there as well. I think Fremantle are going to challenge for the final eight this year, Jep, and they want to have people in that midfield that they can trust and rely on. Now, listening to Justin Longmuir yesterday... I mean, it, was, it wasn't the Nat Fife year he could play forward. Man, he's a midfielder. And that's pretty much what his first line was to answer the question. He's a midfielder. So I expect Fife to come in there at a pretty high rate this year from Fremantle's perspective. And don't forget, he's coming off short, multiple shoulder surgeries there as well. So, And the thing is that I've got with Tucker in my mind is that when Longmuir came in for his first year senior coach at Fremantle, he did sort of emphasise Tucker early as pretty much a run-with type midfielder. So if he's um, first look at, the, at a player or a ball, you know, I'm looking at my opponent first to shut down, you know, what's that going to do to us if we're spending that much money uh, in the back line? I understand he's in defence, but, you know, I don't think he's going to be in that top three for centre bounces. And, you know, I still think there's going to be... Um, some volatility in scoring. I think there is upside in his um, starting salary, but for me, I'm out on Tucker, especially with his hamstring injury chip. Yeah, I'm in and out. Um, I agree. I think he plays more outside too, um, or a bit of a mix between outside wing and inside mid. So, um, But if he's got the run with role, then then I'm not interested. I'll, I'll spend the 500k elsewhere quite comfortably so again we just wait and see what he does in pre-season but um if he does play these two pracky games and um but if he's under a little bit undone before round one i probably won't pick him either yeah so if uh so obviously he's going to be uh touch and go for pre-season games so um, we might not even get a look yet so it's going to be interesting to see whether yeah. they take that on at round one where you really haven't had a look. And not only that, you've got to see what the midfield setup is for Fremantle. So is Fife going to be playing full uh, match, match simulation and, and practice matches against opposition? So And then obviously Monday there as well. What does he do? You know, So that, that centre bounce mix might be a little bit underweight now for Fremantle. But at round one, I think it's going to be a full complement of midfielders, Jeff. Yeah, no, agreed. I, um, I'm looking forward to watching Freo play. I think they're a very exciting team, mm. and they've got a lot of talent, and people don't realise it yet. Yeah, just need a little bit of luck with injuries for Freo. They did a couple mm. of ways the last couple of years. All right, let's move on. Trey Rusco, for me, I'm not too sure here. I think the scoring is just way too volatile for me. Jet thoughts? Yeah, look, he played that half-back role towards the end of last year, and he looked okay, but 
yeah, maybe. I, I highly doubt he'll be anyone in most teams this season. Yeah, you've got Maynard, back pocket. You've got Quainall, yeah. back pocket. Got Pendles. Well, you've got Roughhead, who's now out injured, so we're going to look who's going to replace Roughhead there as well. Then you've got off the half back line, you've got Pendles slash Crisp, and then you've got center half back, you've got Moore, and you've got Hale. I mean, what, who, who else is going there? You know exactly. I mean? So, I mean, it's it's a full book in the make Collingwood back line. I think that's the way it's going to set up. And I think Pendlebury is more back line than midfield. And I think Crisp is more midfield than, than back line. So really got to factor in and, and weigh up that team, put it on paper, see what it looks like. And for me, that's the way I think it's going to be lining up at round one if everyone's healthy. All right, so for me, Rusko, out for me. Now, Connor West um, obviously came into the Eagles team last year. For me, just a wait and see, but I'll throw it over to you, Jep. Yeah, so I got the opportunity to watch him on Friday in the Intra Club, and boy, oh boy, he is tearing it up. Um, looks super fit. Probably did not stop running the whole time I was watching for the four quarters. Um, really impressed at his work rate. He um, he played a bit of half forward in the first half when they they had most of their um, number ones in in playing, um, but then when Kelly rested in the last quarter and they had a yo out in that last half. Um, he, he did play inside mid, but um, yeah, if I think his role still is that hybrid half-forward midfield role, so the opportunities might not be there. He's still very good price though, so look, injuries have already hit West Coast and they may even hit harder, so let's just wait and see where the list is at for round one and he, he may be an option. Okay, Sean Darcy, he's had a pretty big pre-season. Now, unfortunately, Justin Longmuir provides the information yesterday that say he's recently had Achilles tightness, uh, which is really scary for season-long fantasy. And for those who had Darcy last year to watch him, you know, limp off the ground here, play forward this week, it was, yeah, it was pretty, would have been pretty highly stressful. Now, Achilles tightness, that's just, I don't want to be anywhere near that. Now, for me, again, anyone over 300k for Fremantle West Coast, I'm out. So Darcy's a flat no, although before I made that decision, Darcy was in my team. So but so he's out at the stage now. The Achilles tightness has really got to be scary thoughts for those who are considering Darcy. I think his value... Oh, I think, you know, if he completes that full pre-season... Sorry, if he completes that season uninterrupted through that ruck, I think his, his numbers could actually be scary, Chip. Yeah, look, for me, it's just around 14 by. Like, I'm I'm not going against Grundy to start with, and I can't have two Ruckman with around 14 by. If it was, if he had the round 13 by, I'd be all over it. But um, unfortunately, the stars haven't aligned, my friend. Yeah, so for me, where I said Sean Darcy is scary, I meant uh, his scores being scary good. All right, yeah. okay, let's move on to Jeremy Sharp. So his scoring was actually pretty good last year for the Gold Coast. He's had a pretty big pre-season. So scoring upside available for me, and I think there is value there. Do you want to spend that money on him, though, Jeff? No, again, I just he's an outside mid, and, and what's going to be annoying is he's going to hit the high ceiling games, absolutely, and especially the way Gold Coast play. But I'm, I'm thinking the long game here, um, and for an extra 70K, you can, um, you can get Matty Crouch. Okay, Nick Holman. So has shown scoring potential previously. But, again, awkward price here right here for Holman, Chip. And, you know, we've got to define his role going through those pre-season games, Chip. No, yeah, he won't get the midfield time, so I'm not interested. Josh Rotham. So, Shepard's retired. So, what we need to know is who's that distributor-type role for West Coast, Chip? Well, yeah, look, I see Rotham as a, a more defensive stopper this year. I think Shep was the guy that did, you know, did the job on Dugowie, did the job on any dangerous half-forward Charlie Cameron and that kind of player. So that's, to me, that's Rotham's role this year. Um, he, he turns into the new Shep and um, and we hopefully wish him luck for a big, successful year because we're going to need it um, from him. So that's not going to help fantasy scoring, so it's an avoid. Okay, Jordan Ridley. Now, the commentary when Jake Kelly came over from Adelaide to the Bombers this year, well, last year, in the off-season, was that they wanted Kelly so that could free up Ridley. So they want him to go back to that loose defensive intercept marking top defender. So for me, it's a big watch here on Ridley, but, you know, can he go back to pretty decent scoring, Jeff? Your thoughts? 
He can if he takes a kick in. So there's got to be an element of him taking the kick ins as well because he's going to be freed up as that traditional intercept defender role. So um, I think we only had a small sample size though of what he started with last year and what he can do. Yeah. Um, can he can he do it for a full year? I don't think he can. So I'm not going there. Uh, from memory, without even looking, I think his numbers were really big early last year. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, the Bombers had some injuries, and then he had to go back to a sort of a, a, a match-up against an opponent, and that really That's impacted right. his scores. So, yeah, so, yeah, just from memory, I, uh, without looking, his scores were pretty big, and that's when he was playing that uh, loose role. So, you know, if the Bombers were okay health-wise, I think he can go back to pretty decent scoring. All right, Darcy Parrish, his teammate, I like it. Now, the concerns for me here are the Bombers midfield, but Parrish is elite. We've seen that last year. He can score elite. He's got a high ceiling. Yes. Uh, and how many players rutting once in those centre bounces is interesting because the commentary the last couple of weeks out of Essendon is this, Jeff, is that we want to run a lot more players through that midfield, So which is kind of scary when you're thinking about Merritt and Parrish. So I had Parrish in my team uh, about a month ago, and I moved him out structure-wise. But just going back to revisit, you know, do I really want to take a, a punt on Parrish? Well, not really a punt, but he's a big spend, Jet. So, um, yeah, a little bit of scary comments from Essendon to say we want to increase the number of players to go through that midfield. But again, I like the peak. Your thoughts, Jet? Yeah, I, I like the peak too. I, I'm really bullish on him this year. To me, I think, and there's word that Merritt's going to sort of float out of the contest and play a little bit behind the ball, still be at stoppages and and that kind of thing. But once it it takes off, he'll um he'll sit behind the ball a, a little bit. So that tells me Parrish is ready to step up a, a little bit more. And um yeah, I, I still see him as a top ten mid this year. Yeah, if Parrish could be, if I could be guaranteed Parrish is number one at centre bounce for Essendon, so I am all in. Because he, oh, I think. Oh, look, I think he'll be close. Yeah, I reckon Honestly, he'll be close as well. Yeah, I, and again, the next couple of weeks will tell us, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, yeah, if I could be guaranteed he's number one, he's coming back into my team. But anyway, so let's just wait and see how preseason games go. All right, Luke Jackson, Melbourne. So Max Gorn, obviously, there's number one. Jackson, number two. But the question mark for me, Jeff, this is what I want to pose. Is it how much do they want to develop Jackson in that number one role this year? So does that what does that mean to Max? Now, we, we know that he said last year that I'll play anywhere for the team. And we know in that grand final, as a Gorn was on the bench saying, look, Jackson's ripping him apart. Leave him in that, midf- leave him in that midfield at the rucks because he's just tearing him apart. So Gorn even made a decision in the biggest game of Melbourne's history of the last 50 or whatever that premiership drought was, so, again, the question is how much they want to develop Jackson, but it's a big spend, Jeff. But it does give you that option with regards to playing forward. Thoughts? Oh, he's just so agile. It's it's like watching another midfielder that's, you know, six or seven go at it. So um, being there at the GF last year, I was it was quite impressive what he did. Mm. Uh, but from a fantasy point of view, it's, it's tempting. It's just not yet. I think it's a couple of years' time. Okay, Liam Henry. So he's going to move further up the ground at the Dockers. So I think his score should increase pretty healthy. Um, has potential at his price chip, but do we want to spend that money on, you know, it still could be volatile scoring, but I still think there is upside. Thoughts? Yeah, I just don't like his tackle numbers. He's not one to get huge tackles. And again, he kills you with his disposal as an impact player. So he's not a big accumulator either. So with others around that price range that are that are looking tempting, I'm avoiding Henry at this point. Okay, Darcy Ford, he's at an awkward price. So we're looking sort of for coverage here. So it sounds like the Brisbane Lions are going to go with a dual ruck setup with Hipwood out uh, returning from the ACL. So I think they're going to split that ruck roll up. And McInerney is impacted there as well. So from Ford's point of view, and he won't be number one solo, it's too much of an awkward price there for me, Jeff. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not going there. I think it's um, it's all too um, too too colluded at the minute, and um, I don't think Ford will score that well anyway. Okay, Bailey Williams. This is the West Coast variety. So I don't think it's his time yet, but the Eagles are lacking some tools right now, Jeff. They are, and... Um, Look, I, I've heard Simo state Williams as 
him requiring a big year, really needing a big year. Um, and to me, that was like a G up to to, um, to Williams to to keep pushing and, and train harder and, and get up there and, and do better. So watching again in that intra club didn't impress me a lot. So it's a no for me. All right, the next one here, Isaac Henney. So last November, John Longmire hits the airways and says Henney's going into the midfield. Now, pretty much social media is going, no, don't believe it, no, not happening, can't see it, it's always played forward, always played half forward, he's going to move forward, anything happens, he's going to move forward. But the way Longmire was talking, you know, he did say 70% midfield, 30% forward. So... Which was interesting. So, uh, published that story, put it out there, still on the website there, aforratings.com.au. So, keep in mind, yeah, obviously you said that, put it out there. And then the commentary after that has just been overwhelming. So, the one thing that I was thinking about Heaney is that, you know what, we actually need some adjustment in that midfield for Heaney to get those centre bounces. So, that adjustment came forward a couple of weeks ago when I listened to the Josh Kennedy interview. And he pretty much said, I'll play where the best... I'll play where the team needs me to play. And it sounded like an extraction from those centre bounces for Kennedy. So therefore, it's putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Okay, well, that's Heaney in that role and at a high rate. Now, John Longmire, when he builds his team, it is as simple as this. He puts pieces in place that not necessarily come to fruition. So his team is, his goal is to build a premiership team. So we've seen Callum Mills start as defence. So then he eventually got into that midfield, and that came true last year. So he is just another one of those. So he's at the right age now, and his body is ready to go, where he can sustain long periods in that midfield there as well. Obviously, he's still an elite forward. I don't question me. I'm not arguing with that. But then the piece of the puzzle is out. As Kennedy is out. So once you put Heaney in there, I think his centre bounces are going to be strong. I like it. And the other thing that's really got to keep an eye on here is that Callum Mills he's still struggling he's not going to complete anywhere near a full preseason so uh, basically he he's in doubt for round one which you know we're talking about 23 rounds and 22 games so we've got to think about that for Heaney but I think his centre bounce numbers are going to be strong I think it's Mills I think it's Parker I think it's Heaney and you've got to throw in three or four other players to go into that centre bounce mix I still think Kennedy's going in there but I don't think at a high rate of what we have seen previously. Thoughts on Jeb? Before you go, I love the pick, and I'm pretty much going to start with him. So am I, mate. I um, I'm, I'm believe it's all real, and I think we'll see it in these practice games and, and pre-season game. So let's um, let's just tick a box and, and see the role and just get on with it and put him in there. Yeah, it's the piece that the way Longmire builds his team. It's the piece here, it's the piece there. You, you might not see it for a couple of years, and with Heaney, it's been a quite a long time. Now, the, the the one thing that reassures me that this is real is that, you know, he's had really pretty major injuries. So when Longmire talked about his role through the midfield, he talked about his, you know, his injuries and it impacted him. We wanted to get him in there last year at a higher rate, but, you know, it's all, all coming to plan now for Longmire, and I think he wanted this move uh, potentially a long time ago, but I think with a full preseason now, which Heaney's going to complete, hopefully, uh, has so far, is it, it's going to be pretty decent midfield usage. So big tick for you, big tick for me. All right, next player, Jep. Matt Crouch. Now, the one thing that listeners need to know, he's not going to complete a full preseason. He has just gone into match simulation over the last couple of weeks, but listening to everyone, consuming interviews and all the information that I do, I think it's pretty bullish, but we really need to acknowledge that this is not a free, uh, full pre-season. Now, the Crows were really conservative last year and just shut him down, went in for another surgery, coming off groin issues, which is a big no-no for season-long fantasy, but he's quite healthy at this stage. So, again, we need to weigh up the risk, and he is monster value for me, showing at least in my spreadsheets, at round one. Thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, he is for me. He's in my side. I just, I need to see how he moves in in the in the preseason games. And, and again, it's like ticking a box and just get on with it. I think he is a player at that price that will push the top 10 midfielders overall. So the next one here is Charlie Kuno. Obviously, monster injury history. We don't need to go into that. But first, first things first here, Jeff, he needs to be 100% at round one. No question. 
at his price, he actually is value. There is upside in his growing jet. Do we want to start with a key forward and hold that all year? The answer is definitely no. But, man, he can score. Um, and if, if Carlton can rip a few opponents out early and put him in fav- favourable scoring um, positions as a key forward early and hit that scoreboard, uh, he can hit those 70, 80, 90, potentially 100-point games. And based on his round one salary, that is upside. But, you know, obviously we need to see it early. And he has missed a significant amount of game time. Jep, thoughts? Yeah, and I think um, McKay, having him alongside him, taking most of the attention will really suit Kerno. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting big things from Kerno. Um, yeah, let's let's get him to round one. Uh, I think he's going to be in a lot of sides come round one. Okay, Clayton Oliver. I don't think the ownership's going to be uh, high here, Jep. So I'm expecting similar output again, Jep. I like the pick. Thoughts? Oh, I just had him last year. It was actually really stressful to watch. So um, he would always just get to a hundred. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm not going there again this year. My heart can't take it, mate. Now, Josh Kelly into that midfield again for GWS. He's had a really good preseason. We know he is an elite scoring player. A low ownership, I think, uh, heading into round one, and that's quite surprising uh, in that midfield only. So for me, I like the pick. Uh, thoughts, Jeb? No, I like the pick too. I think... GWS as a side played a lot better when he was an inside mid, and I think the, the light bulb actually went on for um, for Leon Cameron, and maybe it was a bit of play with his contract and, and where what he was going to do, and they didn't know. And when he signed up, he, he sort of, well, they knew he was going to sign up again. Um, he got that inside mid role. So, no, no, they play a lot better with him in there, and um, I like it. I just worry again, is he first tag for GWS? And if he if he is, or nearabouts, then I'll probably avoid him for that reason. Okay, next player up, Finn McGuinness. So he's still in a battle to win a spot at round one, Jep. So it's definitely a wait and see. And obviously sure. we're, we're seeing uh, Hawthorne are playing six periods against Collingwood in a practice match next week. Now, listening to the Sam Mitchell press conference today, is that he mentioned a few players coming back for injury and he sort of targeted them to play the first four quarters. So it's interesting to see where McGuinness, you know, if he plays in the final four four quarters or four periods, however you want to say it, you know, that McGuinness is probably on the outside looking in. But if he's in that sort of first, you know, two or three, four period, you know, he might be a chance for round one. But I, he's still definitely in a battle to find his spot there, Jeff. Yeah, I think he, he's a good chance to play a tagging role, the role that Wolfe played last year. Because we've heard so much about Wolfe being released from those that run with role. So um, McGuinness, as a junior, was always a great tackler. So I'm, I'm keen on him at his low price and obviously forward status. Yeah, that's the one thing, uh, the one play I forgot within the Hawthorne mix for the midfield, obviously, was Wolfe going back to the comments on Newcomb and so there earlier. Alrighty. Okay, Andrew McGrath. So he's the one that's going to be pretty much impacted, I would think, from the Bombers' point of view. So uh, high midfield until he got injured. So uh, he uses the ball quite well. So I think he's going to come off across half back. Um, I think his score is going to be a little bit volatile. Uh, but him moving to half back potentially opens up opportunities. Obviously, what we mentioned earlier with regards to Parish and obviously Caldwell in there as well. So. For me, I'm not too too much liking McGrath. I think he's better scorer as an inside midfielder, uh, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case there, Jeff. Yeah, look, it's very interesting to see McGrath's role and his scoring potential. So I've, there's an outside chance for defender status, and then I think our, our ears will perk up a little bit more. Yeah, Hind Heppel as well as that coming off that half-back line. Mm. You know, it's just how much ball is there, so... If that's if they're all lining up in that defence, but you know someone's got to defend, so uh, we'll see what the role is there for McGrath. Alrighty, Zach Bailey. So Brisbane in the off season, early in the off season, back in October, November, listening to some interviews there, um, is that it was time for Zach Bailey to see an increase in centre bounce midfield usage. So I think that's coming to plan over the preseason for the. Lions, we're going to have to see that in pre-season games, obviously, with our own eyes. Uh, again, we've got Neil as number one. We've got our Lions right up there as well. And there's a whole bunch of other players that are in that Brisbane team 
that are going through that midfield. So Bailey's still a bit of an impact type player. I think his scoring could increase this year, but it's a pretty big spin there, Jeff. Yeah, I, I, I believe with Neil and, and the uncertainty of Neil's contract next year, they might push up Bailey's development through that midfield. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he um, has a big year, mate. I um, Yeah, let's, again, wait and see how the rounds play out. I wouldn't start with him round one, but I can see us jumping on early rounds two or three if we're reading that the role is there. Yep. Okay. Richmond defence, Jaden Short. That halfback line is all to himself. Obviously, we got we only played the halfback uh, all throughout preseason as well. But Jaden Short should earn that halfback role. We know he can score, score and I like it, Chip. Yeah, look, it, it seems on on the surface um, a safe pick. I just, yeah, I'm just not sure. I don't, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just because he's a Richmond player and, and they play that run and gun style. Like I've had him in my side at times, and, and at the moment he's out. Okay, Zach Butters. I think he's going to see an increase in midfield usage this year for Port Adelaide. Now, the one thing that was really interesting coming out of Port Adelaide quite a few weeks ago from uh, Brett Montgomery is what we talked about in that podcast, Jep, is that you know they want to spread the load over that midfield. So, yep. I think, so I think Butters is one of those players that go in there. So again, he should get a decent look through that midfield, midfield this year. But is it enough? He's in the mix for me, but is it enough? What are your thoughts? Look, I... I think it will be enough, and I think he'll score great. I, I'm just worried about his bash and crash style and, and lasting 23 games. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, and especially what happened last year, um, I'm going to avoid him. Just just away from a fantasy perspective, I actually I really like Butters as a player. I think he's he's pretty oh, honest. Yeah. He's pretty honest, and I think he just gives gives it all. So we'll see how he goes this year. All right, back on the fantasy. So Aaron Hall, Aaron Hall. You know, you know, I I grabbed Hall as soon as possible as what we could last year because that that ceiling was was there and obviously the Kangaroos are getting destroyed and they just wanted to stop scores again so it's just hanging on to the ball out of defence which really really played into the Aaron Hall role. So the Kangaroos towards the back end of the season they started to work themselves out. So pretty solid preseason again. I think the Kangaroos will improve. So do the Kangaroos need to hang on to that ball in defence to stop? opposing team score no I don't think so at the moment and once I mentioned Callum Coleman Jones here as well once I mentioned uh, Luck yeah. as well man they've got targets up to the ground if they run and gun out of that back line so yeah. my, my questions here Jet is Aaron Hall uh, like well, you can't stop I, 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 well it was up until a couple of weeks ago I had him in my team but I have this biggest fear with Aaron Hall and it's just Injury history, which we know he's got, it's just, you know, they've got a couple of players in that team that they drafted last year, Jeff. Let me tell you about Josh Goda. My God. Uh, he, if he, as soon as Goda debuts this year, he's straight in that team. And you know where he's playing? Across halfback. Now, the Kangaroos recruited another player, right, in the draft, Miller Bergman. Now, I can't be any more high on this guy. What's his role? It's cross half back. Uh, Aaron Hall. I'm just... I have fear for what's going to happen. And don't forget the Kangaroos are developing. So I think Goda gets a chance. Does that impact Hall? You've got Zebel in there as well. He's more that marking type. You've got McDonald as well. Yeah. And and there's another player that I'm going to put right in the mix here for round one. And I hope they play three talls. It's Matt McGuinness. And he was taking kickouts there last week, um, but McDonald was taking kickouts at the other end. So he really got to factor in, you know, what's our team set up. But he yeah. was that he wasn't that main uh, tall defender. He was that, you know, that third, second, third tall. But they've they've got Core in there as well. They've got others in there as well. Does he put it into the mix? But back to Aaron Hall. I just have fears, and and it's just from injury history, opportunity, and development of others. Because I see Josh Goder coming off that back line at at a big rate for the Kangaroos in the future, and I think he's going to play this year, and I think he's going to play at a high rate. His delivery and his disposal is elite. So uh, keep that in mind. As soon as you see Josh Goder, get him in. Um, but I think that actually across the season as the Kangaroos develop, that actually could impact Hall. Not only that, the Kangaroos want to move faster, so therefore you know they're not going to hang on to the ball. So that limits 
the ceiling for Hall again. I still think he has his big games, but Aaron Hall, I'm sorry, man. I'm not doing it. I'm not picking you. So, and I might be just out all year because I just have fears for what could be a bit of a disaster. So maybe I'll just wrap, wake up on the wrong side of the bed one day and just sort up all these things. But that, you know, put it all into the mix. I go, there's a couple of question marks there. I'm out. Your thoughts, Chip? Yeah, no, you, you're talking all sense, buddy. All every, all the risks that you, you've poised are, or proposed, sorry, are, are there. So you can't spend that much when when there's an element of doubt. Um, you're better off spending the money elsewhere, no no question. Yeah, Josh Goda is the one for me to come into that team. Does that impact all? So you know, I'll put, put the injury history aside. Is it, you know... For me, it's that ball movement. Do they want to get that ball that quicker? Yeah, that limits Hall's, you know, plus sixes here and there. So that. Well, you you would you would have seen it from the intra club. How did they play a quicker style? Uh, it was well, you're playing against each other in the end. You know what I mean? So yeah. it looked like they wanted to go through the corridor a lot more. And I think most teams are heading that direction for efficient ball movement anyway. Okay. So I think you know basically Hall's numbers were big because the Kangaroos just they just keep getting scores again. So, yeah. you know, I'd, back into last year, they started to really improve, and I think there's going to be pretty big improvement there now. Now, the other thing that really got me fearful on Hall is that uh, in that first quarter, his first five touches in that intro club were fumbles. Like, he looked horrible. <laughs> like, he, I, he, That's, I, I go, That's a worry. What are you doing, man? Like, it was just basic, you know, somebody's kicking to him, loose out in, out in the half-back flank, and it was a drop mark, kick, got tackled, hold the ball, and then it was a fumble, then it was, oh, it was it was actually horrible. He got better as the day went on, but, you know, just too many fears there for, there for me, and they're just, you know, injury history is hard. I just think, um, I think that spend is too much for me. You know, if he was at 600, 700, which is way lower than what he's at, I, yeah, I would be interested. But, uh, you know, I think it was year was last year, and I think that might be peak Aaron Hall, and I think that might be a decline from here on in. And don't forget the player that I just mentioned, Josh Goder. Get him in your side when he makes his debut. All right, Jordan Ngoi, back into the Collingwood team. So he's going to play a forward midfield role or midfield forward role. I think uh, his impact forward is actually too good for Collingwood. So I think he's going to see a fair amount of usage forward. So last year, yeah, his numbers were quite high. So we really need to think about how that came about. Now, Nathan Buckley was out as coach, and Collingwood were just way slow ball movement. Now, pretty much when the changeover of coach was, is that, that Robert Harvey gave to go uh, the keys to the midfield. Okay, go and play midfield. And you know what? The back half of the season for Collingwood was actually pretty awful, and it was just chip mark, chip mark around. It was just racking up the numbers. His numbers were high. I'd, I'd put him in my team straight away, and that was just obviously um, easy to see. Get him in the team. That, that's all they're going to do for the rest of the year, and that's what he did. So now we come to a new coach, and Craig McRae wants to move that ball really efficiently. So that's just not going to happen. So even if mid, uh, the guy plays through that midfield at a high rate, you know they're not chipping it around to each other. That's that's over. That's finished. It's not happening. So I think I'm out on Dugowie. now. I think he will have big impact for the Pies, but I don't think I think the scoring is going to be volatile. Uh, but again, I think he'll have big impact from a fantasy perspective. I'm just out, Chip. Yeah, I'm out too, mate. I, I think again he's. He's better suited or better of use in uh, in the forward line for Collingwood, and I think what McRae will want to do is develop the young midfielders they have. You know, um, Finlay McRae, uh, Reef McGuinness, those types. I think there's more value in the long term for Collingwood. Even they're going to control the ball in the back half, and it's what happens forward to centre for them. Um, they've got all the wise heads behind the ball. It's what they can do um, ahead of ahead in the forward line. So they want to go there. He's a match winner, and um, yeah, I think that's the way they they play him. Yep, impact player, match winner. I think that's yep. correct. So all right, next player, Jack Graham. A couple of players to go, Jack. So Richmond, what we need to see from Graham is that midfield role at a high rate. So can that be guaranteed? I think he can score, but you know that price is awkward, and that's a big spend. And do we get the return? I'm not too sure. So that's a no for me, Jack. Yeah, look, it's a no from me too. Again, I just probably stay away from Richmond players as a general rule. Um, but 
they got some old heads in that Richmond midfield, don't they? So you would have thought Graham probably gets bigger role this year than normal. Alrighty, Peter Adams comes over from Port Adelaide. Now we know Tom Hickey has had his knee issues, so you know I think it won't be. It's not too far away for me that Adams could be the number one. Uh, in that Sydney team. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's early as well. So just keep an eye out for where Laddam sits. So Hickey is at the end of his career, pretty much, I would presume. Um, but, yeah, I think Laddam's has had a pretty strong pre-season uh, that he could be number one pretty quickly there, Jep. So I'll just just wait and see where that pans out in the next few weeks for me, Jep. What do you thought? Yeah, look, unless um, Hickey's out, then we're not touching Laddam's the right one. No. Okay, last player off the spreadsheet here, Jet, and that is Adam Chera. Unfortunately, Sam Walsh goes down uh, and is out for several weeks, going to miss at least the first four weeks of the season. Now, out of Carlton, there was, you know, missing the first four weeks, and that was a hopeful that he misses the first four weeks of the season. So it could be a couple of weeks tacked onto that if everything goes smoothly, hopefully, for Walsh in his return. Big loss for the Blues. However, however... What we did talk about in our first couple of um, pre-season pods, Jeb, was that the focus on the Carlton midfield. So that puts Cripps in the picture. Maybe even Hewitt comes into the picture now. So, But the one player there standing out for me, you know, if Cripps is going to get that tag or that, that player to run with him, who's that number two there at Carlton? I expect high centre bounce usage for Chera. I like it a lot. He's salary isn't too expensive and he could be a great number two behind Cripps with Walsh out. What are you thinking there, Jet? Yeah, look, it's all good and well. It's just the fact that when I spend over 600 grand on a player, I I expect them to be the top 10 in their line or top eight in their line if it's a forward or defender. So at 730 odd grand, I really want Chera to be a top 10 mid and it's a long season. And when Walsh does come back, I think that obviously affects his scoring. So it will be a no from me. Okay. Well, that's our players done for the listening request. Thank you for sending those in. So just we are recording this podcast on Thursday, uh, February 17. So obviously, again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. So that's it for this podcast. So over the preseason, we're just going to pop up podcasts here left, right and centre. So just keep an eye out for those. So until then, thank you very much for joining the podcast, Jeff, and have a nice evening. Your thoughts? Yeah, thanks, guys, and um, let's get these preseason games underway. Can't wait.